I first heard about Tom Marcus on Natalie Sisson's Suitcase Entrepreneur podcast. From there, I bought his complete guide to pay what you want, which I highly recommend for those interested in alternate and client-driven pricing models. Then when he put out a call for support in crowdfunding his next book, the topic being collaboration, of course I jumped in. And I was really impressed with how he handled the campaign with backer thank you videos, invitations to review drafts and suggest edits, and keeping us posted when things took longer than expected. The book is a gold mine. It's a bit of a workbook, although of course he calls it a playbook. And his next campaign, a collaborative venture with John Lee Dumas, broke records, raising $453,000 in 33 days, being Kickstarter's sixth most funded publishing campaign ever. Tom was the launch manager in that campaign, and it's what Insurgent Publishing does a lot of now. And he shares with us some of his own progress and next steps, and how he relates to things like goal setting which may be relevant this time of year. He shares how his military experience lends to his entrepreneurial ventures with some real tall poppy wisdom. All right, I'm speaking with Tom Morcus, who is the author of Collaborate and the founder of Insurgent Publishing. So Tom, let's start with Insurgent Publishing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Insurgent Publishing started as a publishing company and we still publish books but it's only a few a year. We focus on business and uh, marketing and self-improvement style books. Mm-hmm. But it's shifted because I started a few years ago, and that was the intention was to build a publishing company. But you realize a couple things when you're bootstrapping a publishing company. One, you need a ton of volume, ton of throughput to make it profitable. Hence why there's these massive uh, publishing companies and even why they're dwindling a little bit because their model is based on volume and having one big hit. And so I was hoping to be able to come in here and, and maybe even naively build something where each each book could be a hit. But that's never the case. So we found out – and the books we've done have done really well. But it's a really slow, time-intensive, exhausting process in a lot of ways. And the thing is, when I would have a lot of conversations with people, the demand wasn't necessarily for a boutique publisher. It was people wanted to still self-publish. Right. And they wanted to create a control over their books. But what they wanted help with was actually spreading the word. Ah, was getting the yep. book out there, marketing it, selling it. Gotcha. So I tested out – the first one I ever tested that out with was Dan Norris, uh, the founder of, co-founder of WP Curve. Um, he's a co-founder of a brewery now. He's co-founded a bunch of stuff and founded a bunch of stuff. He's kind of like a serial entrepreneur, and he wrote The Seven Day Startup. And it's, it's just his story and his advice on how to rapidly kind of prototype and build a business. And it was a fantastic book. And Dan had kind of a great – it had, had a platform, but it wasn't really – it wasn't a well-known name. But it was a it, because he had a successful business. He had a great idea. The book itself was like a legitimate book. It, it it was great advice. It was from somebody who's been in the trenches. And so when we launched, we we crushed it. He was going to just give it away to his audience. Um, but I convinced him to to work with me and do an actual like launch. And we ended up doing mm-hmm. ten thousand books in the first week or two, wow. I think. And then we ended up over twenty or thirty thousand in the first year. Mm-hmm. And it's still top five, I think, in startups on Amazon. Like next wow. to like Eric Rees, uh, the lean startup. Like oh, yeah. so it's 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 definitely up there with people who have you know, who own that space, so to speak. Yeah. And he was self published. So mm. that that success led to a lot of referrals and we've since been launching books left and right and we've hit USA Today, Wall Street Journal and New York Times most recently. So we definitely have a I think a good portfolio under us so far. 
Yeah, great. There's a whole bunch of things I want to pick up in that. Um, can you, for people who don't uh, use the term bootstrapping, can you just say a little bit about what that means? Yes. So that, I, at least the way I define it, and I might be a little off on this, uh, but it's when you're using your own capital, your own money to invest in something and build it. And generally speaking, I think the connotation is you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily the case. But so if you if you already have hundreds of thousands and you put it into a new business, you're still technically bootstrapping, I think, um, in the technical term. But I think there is a connotation that a lot of people who bootstrap bootstrap because they don't have money. So it's really the opposite of getting funding or taking out a loan, yeah, if gotcha. you think of it that way. It's, yeah. it's doing it all on your own, starting from scratch, basically. Perfect. Great. Um, and so tell me, why Insurgent? Why would you call it Insurgent Publishing? Great question. And rarely do I get asked that. Really? So, yeah. Okay. Literally, <clears throat> I don't know why. It's funny because you, you think more, maybe more people would ask about that. It's kind of a funny name. Hmm. Uh, and it started because – so w uh, my background is obviously in the military. So I spent nine years active duty, spent five years commissioned as an officer. Um, and so my whole life up to this point really, at least up to 2013, was the military. And obviously what we fought was an insurgent war. Um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I've read a lot of books on counterinsurgency and insurgency. And I was really fascinated by this topic um, because what you find out when you dig deep enough, and this is an, uh, un, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a disappointing truth for some people, but you, you actually, there's never in the history of the world, except maybe one time, where anybody's ever beaten an insurgent force. And here's why because an insurgency is built from the people and it's built amongst the people in a, in a local community. So there's no way to actually stamp it out unless you do like total, brutal, total war tactics. Hmm. So I thought it was interesting that the insurgent always wins. Wow. And that's my theory for insurgent publishing. The insurgent always wins. So it's it's a real testament to the strength of community. Community and just and being okay with being small and persistent. Because a like small, it. persistent... There's another book called The War of the Flea. Fantastic book on insurgencies. And... Um, I think it's very applicable to creativity and entrepreneurship mm -hmm. that literally just by surviving, you can be small. If you're small and agile, you can survive and you can win. Mm -hmm. And that really is the story of entrepreneurship and creativity and art and writing and everything. You'll see that the winners are the ones that survived. They're the ones that kept going, that were persistent. Um, it's rarely, rarely ever somebody just like got hit it and got lucky. Those are the stories that people like to tell because they're the most fascinating because it's tough to summarize 20 or 30 years of somebody's work. It's much easier to just say, wow, this person was an overnight success. Yeah. Easier story. It's more better hook. But the reality is the biggest successes are 20, 30, 50, 100, 200 plus years in the making. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a, I'm reminded of a story I read in a book by Peter Senge about the um, – I think there was pr pretty much just one individual or a very small team who challenged Coca-Cola in terms of their um, use of local groundwater in, in a, a region in India and basically brought Coke to their knees and Coke – moved from having, I think it was like 30 bottles or 30 liters of water to make a single liter of Coke. And they brought it right down to two. And that to yep. me, you know, that was a real shift for me and being able to see, all oh, right, okay, business actually is responding to this stuff. But I, I, and I'd love to go down that track perhaps um, yeah. later, but I, I, um, Interested in your thoughts, like and and you know, as uh, it mentioned in our previous discussion, I'm a bit more of a, a pacifist. I'm, war isn't really something I have um, been drawn to. I've been really quite interested lately, especially in um, book about um, extreme ownership. And so, I'm curious about your thoughts on what you've learned from your military experience in terms of leadership and, and civilian leadership. Yeah, so I haven't read the book yet. I need to, um, but I've definitely read a bunch of books from 
various like military leaders and stuff like that. I'm always fascinated by the subject. So I haven't read and, it either. I just heard a couple of um, podcasts with Jocko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds interesting. You're not the first person who's, who's mentioned it to me recently. So it's like a sign that I should probably go read it. <laughs> um, but I, so, yeah, so I'm sure he has pretty good um, ideas on that. But I, I guess just going from my own experience, uh, what I learned from combat and then just being in the military and even being like in an airborne unit, which we were talking about, I think just before this offline. So some analogies I think that are are appropriate to entrepreneurship, writing and art is that, you know, everything in life is uncertain and it's a great lie that anybody thinks that there was ever a certainty in life. Um, there's never, um, in any circumstance yet it's like a human, uh, instinct to seek certainty, to seek safety. Yeah. But the reality is it doesn't exist. It really does not exist. Yeah. It's again, it's totally, and we, I think we were talking about this offline. It's total confirmation bias. Mm. We see the winners. What we don't see are the multitudes of losers, of people who didn't make it. And that's tough. But mm. I think it's an important thing to know that, you know, not all this stuff, there's, you know, nothing is certain. Um, no path, no process, no formula is certain. Um, and that really, if you look at people who have succeeded, quote unquote, in any area of life, whether that's financially, or business, or it's like creatively, or if it's professionally in some other realm, spiritually, whatever it is, they're the people who are the more, most persistent, kind of coming back to that idea of kind of the insurgents, the person who's most consistent, minimizes their downside risk, and maximizes their upside potential with what they're doing. And that's uh, mm. kind of an idea, both from my experience in, in a combat zone and, and stuff like that, you realize that uncertainty when you're like going out on the road, like I led convoys in Iraq, and so we had to defend um our convoys going and resupplying our neighboring bases we did that basically every night i mean i think i think i was i did over 100 missions i can't even remember but it was a lot it was Mm -hmm. quite a bit Mm -hmm. it was almost every night at least like i don't know four four or five days a week kind of thing um and so i think about that it's every time you don't know in an environment like that they call it asymmetric warfare you don't know what's going to happen yeah and so that's a very real life or death type situation but in create in the world of entrepreneurship and business and and, in creativity writing and art it's the same things, just not life and death, which is a nice thing about it. Mm-hmm. But there's that amount of uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen when you when you publish your book. You don't know what's going to happen when you yeah. share your art. You don't know what's going to happen when you you bootstrap a business and you you know start a new cidery or start a brewery or something like that. You have no idea. You can follow best practices, but ultimately, what you're looking for, the best chance of success, is just that you survive. And the best way to survive is by limiting downside and maximizing upside. And that mm-hmm. is actually that I think is a, something that has been kind of I've been really embracing in the last few years, and I kind of always have naturally, but ever since reading this, I think it's Nassim Taleb's um, Black Swan and oh, yeah. Anti-Fragile. Yeah. It's a concept of being anti-fragile. It's how can you put yourself in a position where you're not just robust, which is you know bad things happening, you can weather the storm. That would be like a company like Coca-Cola. Yep. But how can you be anti-fragile where you can be put in a position where if bad things happen, you actually um, benefit from them? Yeah. It sounds weird, but a lot of people just look for they do the opposite. They put themselves in situations where the bad thing will cripple them yeah. and they expect, and they're very optimistic. But the reality is, and statistically throughout history, <clears throat> bad things or random things happen all the time. So you need to stay agile. You need to stay flexible and you need to be able to kind of like improvise as things happen and adapt. And if I look at kind of my business, I mean, it's taken crazy turns, but I'm still here. I've still yeah. survived. And if, if anything, I've, you know, each year I'm like tripling kind of what I've done the year before, which is crazy to think about. Hmm. And I think I'll triple this next year. Wow. And I want to keep doing that, but I haven't done it by just going a straight path. It's curving, it's twisting. We've tried a lot of things. A lot of things haven't worked, mm-hmm. but some things have worked, and they've and some of those, a few of those things have worked really well. 
And so that's all I care about is can I make a few big winners and minimize my downside risk on all the okay. smaller losers that maybe don't work out, like the books that I write that nobody cares about. It doesn't matter because maybe I have one book that people do care about, and that's and that's how I can break through and survive and then succeed. So tell me about the people that you work with and, and what you do to support their success. Yeah, so primarily what we do now um, is we do launches. It's kind of the best way to describe it. We help people launch books or products, uh, primarily digital products. Mm-hmm. So it'll be things like e-courses or membership sites or, I don't know, coaching or services or in-person events, right? And it's primarily kind of in the business marketing space, but it can also be in, we've done real estate, we've done stuff in health, we've helped with launches kind of all over the board. And so conceptually what we'll do is we'll come in and we'll develop the strategy and the timeline. What does that look like to actually do a launch like this? Where do we begin? Because there's literally, there's thousands of variables when it comes to launching anything. If you want to get any type of traction, you want to get exposure and people actually pay attention and then purchase. Like there's so many things that you have to do. So we help with the strategy we help with the timeline and development of that and what are the things we must do in what sequence to effectively launch this book or this product or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then we actually help put the kind of the piece of the puzzle together by being kind of the project manager of, of these kind of launches. And then we also primarily, <clears throat> and I think why a lot of people hire us, is for partner partnership promotions um, where we go out and we're, we'll work with partners and affiliates joint venture partners, whatever name you want to give them. And also people that just aren't affiliates, but just have influence and have platforms like podcasters, bloggers, e-magazines, newsletter writers. We've already built up a super strong network of these people in many of these spaces. And I'm constantly doing, like, that's what I do. I'm on the phone half the day, just having calls with people just to see what they're up to, see what I can do to help and and support. And maybe down the road, I'm going to see something that's a good fit for their audience. And I'm going to put them in touch with maybe one of my clients. And that's it. So it's a relationship game. And so when we do a launch, we'll have 20, 30, 50, 100, 200 people sharing or promoting one thing. And all of a sudden you get this kind of like market saturation to some degree, not even, I mean, really, I don't think we've ever, I've never done a million, million plus dollar launch. All our launches have been the last few have been like hundred thousand dollar pluses. We've done as high as a half million and uh, seven hundred or eight hundred thousand, I think. Yeah. So like, they're still relatively big launches, but we haven't broken the million mark. So mm-hmm. even even that's like another area I'm hoping to get to in this next year. But um, that'll be a whole another ball game, kind of getting to that next step of how do you do multi million dollar launches? Because then your the exposure, the reach you need is 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 crazy. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we help people do. Right. Um, and tell me a bit about. Um your your latest book collaborate and and uh, you know yeah. for full disclosure i was one of the people who backed your books and i was uh, quite thrilled to do that especially to have it arrive recently and yeah i i really loved how you did that um just the whole the crowdfunding model so yeah tell me tell me about the book and, and how you got it yeah into, into well existence. first thank you for supporting it um i said this i think back when i did this and I, I apologize. It took longer to produce, took longer to ship, like, and it should like have gone out said, earlier. Things happen in, in ways that we don't things expect. Things do happen. <laughs> but I will say, like, I remember when I did that campaign, I remember one of my, my messages to the people um, that were on my list, that were paying attention to me on social media, anybody I knew that would listen, really, was that um, it was just a thank you for anybody who would support, who would pitch in five or ten bucks, or maybe order the the hardcover copy for 30 or 40 dollars or whatever it was or maybe pay a little bit extra but it doesn't matter even the smallest amount the smallest contribution because you're the quintessential early adopter you're the person who's putting money yeah. into something that literally you may have to wait more than a year for in this case you did so i apologize yeah, but you right. put money into something to help produce it to ha- ha- help it come to life 
And these the people like you who do that are so important to the writer out there who's just getting us started, to the artist who's just getting started, to the entrepreneur who's just getting started, in my opinion, because you're the people who you people like you feed these people. Mm. You give them the chance to succeed. And that's why I'm so grateful for it. Like I was blown away by that campaign. I think we did like twelve thousand, thirteen thousand dollars or something like that. It was amazing. it was mind blowing amount of money for me at the time. Like I've never done that much income at one time because mm-hmm. I was totally totally bootstrapping at the time. I didn't expect it. I thought I was gonna get maybe like three thousand dollars. Like somehow, some way I'd manifest three thousand dollars. But that wasn't the case. We um, we crushed it as far as I'm concerned. Now I've worked on on campaigns that have done four hundred fifty thousand dollars, so it's wow. thirteen thousand isn't a big deal. But you know for pre-sales? the realities back then when I was what's that? For pre-sales? Yeah, we did it for the Freedom Journal. Which oh, yes. Oh, then that brought records, didn't it? It did. It did. Yeah, wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. So, like, it just goes to show you, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of variables here. But anyway, coming back to collaborate. So the point of collaborate, and this is, like, I think it was just an important message. You know, it's a topic that I think is super important. I think working with people is important. We, we get online and we think, okay, I can do this myself. Or I can, I can buy this program and it will give me the keys to the kingdom. But you realize very quickly you can't do anything yourself or not everything yourself. Absolutely. You can probably do a few things yourself. Mm-hmm. You can probably do one or two things really well. Yeah. But the rest you need other people for. And so this is a challenge to people to kind of break out of that mold and find other people that they can work with, collaborate. And conceptually with these parameters, <clears throat> one, you're not, not to hire a team uh, because this assumes that you're – probably a solopreneur is mm-hmm. the book is probably assumes you're a solopreneur yeah. to some degree. Although I think small teams could benefit from this and maybe even larger teams. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. haven't mm-hmm. gotten any feedback from larger teams on it just yet. So we'll see, but th- I have gotten feedback from the solopreneur, the person who's working alone, yeah. who's trying to, and, and a lot of these people are kind of like in that online space, trying to like blog or podcast to like make money or something. And it's saying, here's the deal. You don't need to hire a team and these people probably can't. Right. So n- number one, you don't need to hire a VA or you don't need to hire a team. Number two, you don't need to, um, you know, essentially like, you know, outsource things. Although you can, you can pay to outsource, and that's that's mm-hmm. fine too. These are all fine things you can do. But what I actually challenge people to do and collaborate is instead actually connect with other people who have different but com- or yeah different but complementary skill sets, mm-hmm. and see where you guys can mesh from a values perspective and um, a goals perspective, and work together to build something. And that's literally how I've done everything. Um, and almost every single thing I've done has been collaborative. It's working with somebody else. And we usually – and then that necessitates usually it's not me paying the person or them paying me. We're usually both going into this with our sweat equity of some sort mm-hmm. um, and reaping the rewards on the back end as uh, kind of a revenue share. So that's one model. I'm not f- saying you have to force that model. But conceptually, it's that's that's kind of the framework there. So as far as payouts and those kind of things, like I go into the book in detail about different ways you can structure these things. And I don't think that's necessarily the most important part. The most important part, I think, is finding other people who are also hustlers like you and finding them and finding what their skill sets are, that you're, where, you're, where you're weak, finding where somebody else is strong mm-hmm. and saying, hey, can we team up on this? Because you know what? We're going to move a lot faster um, and a lot further by working together in a small, agile team of maybe two, three, four people or something like that. And we've done, I've done this time and time again with a number of different things. And whether they pan out or not, is less important. Some of them have done really well. Some haven't done great. And more importantly is that I wouldn't have done it without them. And I, if I had tried to do it myself, I wouldn't have gotten any, I wouldn't have gotten far. Mm. Um, so reflecting on that, I think it's important. Like you'll still have probably the same number of failures, whether you work by yourself or with other people, but you can potentially have more success, more upside potential 
working with other people. And that's kind of what I look at. Minimize downside risk, maximize up, uh, upside kind of uh, exposure, at least exposure to upside success so that mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of reward you can get. And that so that, that, that digs a little deeper into the concepts of the book. But that's kind of it in a nutshell about the concept of how to kind of connect with people. The book is about how to evaluate yourself, find other people, kind of evaluate them, connect with them, and then work with them to actually build and launch something. So it actually covers a bit of ground, um, but I think it's important, and, and we'll see how, how much traction it gets. We'll see if it's – because I don't think it's the sexiest idea. I think a lot of people prefer to be kind of the the lone wolf, and the idea of like kind of teaming up with others seems kind of like lame. So we'll, well see if it get, catches if on. I wonder if it's about that, that – that um, certainty thing, like when you're doing stuff yeah. by yourself, you, that you can be certain. When you are working mm-hmm. with others, there's variables that that f- yeah. that fall into that. But but my my feeling is absolutely that collaboration is one of the keys, which is why I was so drawn to your book. Um, and as far as us being able to thrive into the future, being able to do to work together effectively is is critical to that. And look, as as we begin to to wrap up, I wanted to. Um, hear your thoughts about, you know, there's this idea of tall poppies and that, you know, people are afraid to stick their neck out for fear of, you know, getting it chopped off. And um, as we, uh, you know, build teams, as we, as we, you know, put things out into the world, what are your, is your advice to people who are, who are wanting to, to lead, to, to express their leadership, to, um, to, to put their stuff out into the world, whether it's creative stuff or, um, you know, writing business. Um, but they're, they're either overtly fearful, um, or not even aware of what's stopping them. What, what advice do you, would you have to people? Um, you know, it's, it's tough. I'm going to give advice, but I also know advice is, you know, you get what you pay for. Right. So it's one of those things that hopefully people will take, take it to heart and find some lesson in here that might be relevant. Um, or some point in here that's that's useful. Mm-hmm. But I always take advice with a grain of salt. You know, it comes from my experience, not other people's. Yeah, I would just absolutely. say, here's the deal. Like, I know this is a, can maybe a twisted way to look at it, but statistically, you're going to fail. At some point, you're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. The business you start is going to go bankrupt or something like that. Maybe not, hopefully not that bad, but it might have a bad year. Maybe it has a few bad years. Maybe it does have so many bad years or that you may have to go bankrupt and start another one and another one and another one. Or your first book, nobody cares about. The second book, nobody cares about. Third book, nobody cares about. Fourth book, it's terrible reviews. Fifth book, boom, that's your breakout. And like that's the thing. I just – there's no – I'll tell you what. There's no guaranteed path or process or formula or method. There are things that can give you a better chance, I think, like that uh, improve your your chances of success. So if you follow somebody that has maybe like a proven formula, it's a, it's a better jumping off point mm. than to just try to wing it. But the reality is – the only people who the the only thing that you can say successful people can't even define why they're successful. They'll say it's for a multitude of reasons, and none of them really make any sense in in reality. Mm. There's it, a multitude of variables, but what they all have in common, and this is kind of where you where you should go to, and kind of where your eyes should you know focus on, and what you should focus on is that the ones that that succeed are the ones that survive, yeah. that that do a little bit at a time, one foot in front of the other, that compound over time, that small right actions one day at a time compound. And all of a sudden, maybe you're making a dollar today, a dollar tomorrow, dollar ten tomorrow, dollar fifteen the next day, dollar twenty, dollar fifty, two dollars, and so on and so forth. And this stuff compounds. And I can say that with certainty, from starting from scratch, with no business, no nothing, with just a bunch of ideas and, and blogging online, that I was able to pr- produce value enough for people, that I was able to capture some of that myself. And then I did that enough over time that it started to compound. 
And that's the real power of it. You need to be able to stick it out for probably like years, five, 10, maybe more. And so if you're willing to go the long game, then I think all those fears are irrelevant mm. because yes, bad things will happen, but it doesn't matter because you're in for the long game. That's all that matters. One foot in front of the other, one step at a time, one a day at a time. And that's it. So I want to ask one more question about that. Do you think that um, having a big goal to work towards is, is worthwhile, like a vision. And I, part of the reason I'm asking is that, cause you know, as, as we know, things change and sometimes that goal that you originally set isn't useful anymore. Um, and, and sometimes people can, you know, lose steam or enthusiasm. So yeah, what, what would you, what would you say? I do set goals. I set them every year and I have for quite a long time. And I like to look back at some of my old goals, which a lot of times I'll write them down and then never even look at them again, which isn't the best thing. But now I'm a little bit more practical about writing them down and having them in a place where I can kind of review and do kind of review them quarterly and stuff like that. But I'd say most of my success, if anything, whatever amount of success I have right now is less because of the goals I've set, although I think they're fundamentally important because they drive me. So I'm a person driven to achieve goals. So it makes sense for me. It doesn't necessarily make sense for everybody. But I will say actually, if anything has created success or allowed me to achieve any amount of success is actually systems and processes uh, and following a system versus say going after a goal, yeah. which is th- things like and great book. I have it somewhere. I just read it, but uh, the, the, the Dilbert comic, comic guy, Scott, Scott Adams. I don't know who, whoever yeah. does the Dilbert amazing, amazing book he came out with. It was like how to fail at like everything and still succeed or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, hilarious book. But he talks about systems. And I was like, yep, that's it. That was like exactly what I do. And, and I'm going to sum it up, probably not very well, but fundamentally it's, it's saying this is what I'm going to kind of like, this is the direction I'm going. This is what I, uh, you know, these are the things that I care about, like health, for example. I'm going to, I'm, I'm obviously want to be fit. I want to be in shape. I'm not necessarily going to, I might set a weight goal. Um, maybe I want to lose weight or something like that, but much less relevant than setting a system. I'm going to go to bed at 10 every night. I'm going to wake up at six. I'm not going to eat carbs or I'm going to you know, reduce those carbs, I'm not going to eat processed foods. I'm going to try to be paleo or vegan or whatever it might be. And those systems actually are more effective for reaching whatever pinnacle state you want than just saying, well, I want to lose weight. Cause there's, you know, it's, it's a, that's that the thing is, and that's the thing, that's where people have trouble when they set goals and they don't achieve them. Then they get down on themselves. It's like, Oh, I need to get to 150 and I'm 170 right now. And every day it's like, you're still at 170, 170, 170. You quit eventually. Cause the thing is that stuff is not, it's not linear. It takes a long time. So it's better to live by a system in my opinion, than to live focused on a goal. But I still think goals are important. I think systems are important. I think a good combination of both is, is important. Fantastic. Tom, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you, Tather. I appreciate it. There's so much great advice in this interview for people starting out or wanting to try something new and different. Tom's advice is based on his own experience in a wide range of campaigns and different circumstances, and it's just so valuable. There were quite a few books we referred to and a link to all of those in the show notes. And it's also worth checking out Tom's website and Insurgent Publishing for heaps of valuable resources for people with any idea they want to bring out into the world. And as Tom mentions, his business is all about relationships or really founded in relationships. And he's been incredibly generous with me. And since this interview, he's introduced me to a few folks that I'll be interviewing in the future. And I recorded this interview with Tom before I launched the podcast, and even before I had the name 
tall poppy in mind. So it was really fitting to hear me asking for some tall poppy advice back then. And Tom has a podcast too. It's called In the Trenches. Check it out. Again, I'll link to that in the show notes. I'm also crowdfunding my book. And if that's not on the site now, it will be very soon. At very least, you'll see an introduction to the book taken from my first manuscript. If you're listening post-publish, thanks to those who chose to support me in my campaign to self-publish. Like Tom said, early backers mean everything to the writer. It really is you who will, or if you're listening in the future, have helped me get this off the ground. To find out more, go to tatherstreet.com forward slash book. That's T-A-T-H-R-A-S-T-R-E-E-T dot com forward slash book. Thanks for listening to Tall Poppy. And if you have an idea or a book or a project that you're getting off the ground, we want to hear from you. You can get in touch via email, poppy at tathrastreet.com. And if you've used some of the principles to turn your idea into reality, I want to hear about it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.